Amen. Well, it's time for the Word of God. And uh, those of you who have been watching the live streams the past few weeks um, will remember we've been talking about Church Powerful. And I've explained week after week, for those of you who are new, uh, you need to understand why we're doing this series. It's because we believe that in this time and season of pandemics and lockdowns and people's freedom being taken away from them and all kinds of things that are happening, it is time for the church to rise and to shine the light of Christ much more powerfully than before. And we started last week and we spoke about the very first thing is to develop your love for God above all things. Today I'm going to start with number two. Number two is very, very closely related to this. And that is to develop our love for people. You see, God intends his church to love other people. Amen? I believe that one of the things that has been, by and large, forgotten by the church today is the fact that God wants us to love other people. Especially those that we find difficult to love. You know, as a pastor, many times we, we've spoken about walking in love and the love walk and all of these things. And I've, I've had opportunity to speak to different people. And time and again, people have said, I can't do that. I can't love these unloving, unlovely people. These kelems, all these murderers, how do I love them? Well, you can't do it in your own power. The same as what we said last week, loving God. You can't do that in your own strength. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit. We know it's the will of God. We know it's what God wants for us. And whatever we can't do in our own strength, we ask the Spirit of God to enable us to change what needs to change in us so that we can walk in that will of God for our lives. So Paul writes to the Corinthian church, one of the most well-known passages of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read to you the first three verses. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of humans or of men and angels, but have no love, I have become a reverberating gong or a clashing cymbal. Wow. You say, but can I speak in tongues, in the tongues of men, in the tongues of angels, and have no love? Well, obviously. Because that's what Paul writes. He says, verse 2, If I have a gift of prophecy, and I can understand all secrets, in other words, I have amazing revelation, and every form of knowledge, and if I have absolute faith, so that I can move mountains, but have no love, I am nothing. Wow. You say, can I have a gift of prophecy? Can I have all knowledge and all revelation? Can I have faith and move mountains and yet have no love? Yes, that can happen. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't write that. This wouldn't be the word of God. Word of God is truth. Then he writes in verse 3, Even if I give away all that I have, and I surrender my body so that I may boast, but have no love, I get nothing out of it. You say, well, can I give away all that I have and yet 
do this without love? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And it's important for us to search our hearts in this matter. Those first two things, loving God, loving others, is the key in our walk as believers. Love is so important to God that unless we operate in it towards others, he will not entrust his anointing to us or his power. God will not do that. In fact, the Bible says love is the very essence of God. It is his DNA. That's what God is. He is love. 1 John 4 verse 8 says this, the person who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. So how can you say, I know God, who is love, and yet you don't love? No. This is, this is what the Apostle John is writing to the church to just bring a clarity in their, in their thinking in this area. A person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. Well, I can tell you right now, if we do not know God, we will not know his power as well. I promise you that. This is why walking in love towards other people is so crucial. And we need to ask the Spirit of God, because I know it's difficult. We all struggle. The human, human flesh will love those who love them easily, no problem. But what about those who don't love you? What about those who abuse you? What about those who take advantage of you? What about those who insult you? What about those who lie about you? Jesus said, if we love those who love us, we've done nothing more than what the world does. But he says, you love those who don't love you. You love your enemies. You pray for those who despitefully use you. And then he added this, that you may be sons of your father. Wow. You know, most of us, we, we, we know the first part of that scripture, but we don't understand what Jesus was saying. What he's saying is a son carries the DNA of his father. He says, if you do these things, you will be carrying the DNA of your father so that you may be sons of your father. As I say, we can't do this in our own power, in our own flesh. I know that. But with the help of a helper, the spirit of God, then we can do it because he enables us, he empowers us to walk in the ways of God. Amen? Now, I want to share a brief testimony with you, which happened to me a number of years ago. I was still a baby Christian, and I was doing a seminar on operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. And so we were doing a seminar on this, and and part of his seminar is to teach us how to flow in the gifts. And so we were allocated a person, and we had to join hands with that person, and then we had to believe God for a word of knowledge for this person. Now, I'd never operated the word of knowledge, and so there was this man, and now we kind of joined hands, and we began to we closed our eyes, we began to wait on, on the Spirit. And suddenly, I heard this loud and clear. The Spirit of God said to me, Love this man. Show him love. Let love flow from you into to this man, from your heart. 
And I had to make a conscious effort to, to, to allow the Spirit to give me that love for this man. The minute I did that, I got a flood of vision. It was amazing. I saw kinds of things in visions, and I shared it with this man. This man just burst into tears. Now, these visions didn't mean anything to me. I remember now, this is many years ago, 30 years ago, I remember one of the things I saw was a red car. And I shared it with him, and I thought, oh, goodness, how can I share that with him? He probably think I've, I've had too much pizza the night before, you know? You know what? The minute I shared that with him, this man cried. It meant everything to him. That red car was a vision from the throne of grace. Why? Because I allowed the Lord to flow with his love through me to this man. And the gifts began to operate. So I want to say this to you. Loving others is crucial if we are to see the anointing, the power of God working in and through us. Now, I do understand that it is becoming more and more challenging to love people these days, especially as this world is becoming more and more evil. Evil is abounding out there. I mean, it's incredible what's happening. I was talking to someone this morning from overseas, and they were describing the evil that is starting to happen in their country. But it still doesn't change the fact that a Christian that is loveless towards others will not be empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ. Flowing and walking in love towards other people is an ingredient that is necessary for you to see the power of God operate in and through your life. Loving people is not an option for Christians. And if we struggle with it, we need to go before the Holy Spirit and ask him to help us get there. Amen? But unless we open our hearts towards others, we will be walking in rebellion to God's word, and he will not release his anointing upon a rebellious people. You see, we, we, we have become so complacent in this church, all of us. We're getting so used to doing church, we forget the essence, the foundation. The foundation of it. Loving God is not an option. So when we... And loving others. And if we don't get these two things right, we are walking in rebellion to the word of God. Amen. We can look holy. We can pray still the cows come home. But if we don't have love in our hearts, we're missing God. This is what Paul said. If I, I can give all my goods away, I can, I can move mountains to my faith. But if I don't have love, I've got nothing. Nothing. And in the school I went, nothing meant nothing. It didn't mean a little bit. It didn't mean little anointing, little power. No, it meant nothing. Zip. Zero. Now, there are conditions to the fullness of the anointing operating in and through our lives. Loving others is one of them. Amen. Galatians 6 verse 10 says this. This is a very powerful scripture, by the way. Galatians 6 verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, Paul writes to the church, let us do good to all men. Now, watch carefully. This word translated do is the Greek word ergazomai. Ergazomai. Do you know what it means? It means work at doing, toil at doing. So what Paul is saying, as we have therefore opportunity, let us toil at doing good to all men. 
Because he knows it doesn't come naturally to our flesh. It takes a special focus. It takes a special, um, how can I put it? It's, it's not, it doesn't come easy. It's not a natural thing. The flesh is selfish. Flesh is not loving. The flesh is selfish by nature. So he says, let us toil at doing good to all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. Those that you meet in church. You know, sometimes we have our favorites in church. Do you know that? You know, you watch most churches, people have got their mates there, their friends. They are Christians, so they don't go to secular clubs, but they come to church. Church become a, you know, a different type of club. They meet their friends there. But what about the others? What about this person who sits in a corner and no one goes and speaks to them? No one goes and loves on them? Think about it. I'm not saying you're going to meet your friends at church, but what about other people? How many people have you made an effort to meet in your church? So Paul says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good. Let us toil at doing. Let us make an effort. In other words, that's what he's doing. He's saying, at doing good to all men, including the skelems, including the thieves, the murderers, and all of that. Especially to them who are of the household of faith. So that's the second condition, if you want, or maybe that's not the right word, but the second thing we have to do, and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us with that, is to love others in order to see the anointing flow at new levels in our lives. The third one is called eating at his table. Eating at his table. You know, a number of years ago, we had some people for breakfast at our home. And we were sitting on our outdoor patio. It was a summer, summer morning. It was beautiful. And we were all sitting there. And we put all the food and whatever on the table. And suddenly, I got a vision. I saw a mighty big arm, like a forearm, come down and go onto the table like this. And just whoa, clear everything that was on my table. And I knew it was the Lord. So I said to the Lord, what, do you, what is this? What are you doing? He says, this is not my table. This is your table. And you put your things on there. But on my table, I want to put my things on my table. Now, obviously, it wasn't a physical thing. God didn't <laughs> throw all our <laughs> breakfast <laughs> out, out the table. It was a vision. <laughs> but he used it to minister truth into my life. And that is, we have to eat at the table of the Lord. And I'm not talking uh, of, a, of a communion like we did today. I'm talking about the things that God wants for our lives that he places on our table. He says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And on there, God places the things that he wants us to have and to partake of. And we go to partake of that. Prayer, spending time in the Word, all kinds of things. God places this on my table. And he says, I want you to partake of this. And it's not just this. It's also the blessing. God shows me something. He puts a person on my table. He says, I want you to go minister that person to that person. You see, God wants to put his things on my table so that I can partake or eat at his table. 
We have to feed at the table of the Lord, not at our own version of what his table is. When you come to the Lord to spend time with him and wait upon him, look for his agenda. That's what God is looking for, not your own. You know, we tend to come with our list. Oh, God, me, 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 my name is Jimmy. Come on, give me, give me, give me, give me. No. God says sometimes wait and listen. I want to put things on your table. I want you to see them. I want you to partake of them. You see, God will release his power to those who seek his agenda first before their own when they come into his presence. If we want the power of God to become manifest in, this, in, in, in our service of God, we need to come in with his agenda in mind, not ours, ready to flow with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through each of us. You know, you'll find many churches that are into the same rituals Sunday after Sunday. But you know what? They are devoid of a manifest power of God. I grew up in, in, what, in the biggest so-called Christian denomination in the world. And it was so full of rituals. It was meaningless. Didn't understand anything. Then I left that church and I went to the other side. And the other side was just as bad. Let's stand. Let's sit. Let's do don't cough too loud. You know, God couldn't care if you cough loud. Amen? The reason you don't see the power of God manifest in those kind of churches is because they have laid down their own agenda and ignore God's agenda. You know, in the denomination I grew up with, every year, on the 25th of March, the priest will preach the same message. He'll wear the same colors and he will walk the same way. Next year, he'll do the same. The following year, he'll do the same. So in other words, it's like the Holy Spirit is locked down. But what if the Holy Spirit wants to do something different on the 23rd of March next year? No. We've got our plan and we've got our purpose. And that's what we do. So those kind of people are not eating at the table of the Lord. They've got their own agenda. They are eating at their own table. Now watch this. This is very powerful. The book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31. This is what he said, very well-known scripture. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, very often Christians read this and they completely miss the boat. They don't understand what he says. Yes, of course, when we wait upon God, we can be strengthened physically. Yeah, of course, we, that can happen. And God will heal us and set us free as we spend time with him. But the most important aspect of this scripture is what, is what God's talking about is that he will release spiritual strength, that's power and anointing, into our lives as we wait upon him. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their spiritual power. They shall renew their anointing. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They go, go from height to height. That's what he's talking about. You see, as we wait upon the Lord, ready to eat at his table, God will begin to reveal himself to us because we've come to him with the right attitude. His agenda. So when we come to the Lord with the attitude that what really matters is his agenda, and make time to wait upon him. He renews our spiritual strength. That's what he does. 
He renews the anointing. He, he, he increases it. He increases us in power so that we can do the work of Jesus, the work of a ministry. And so we begin to mount up with wings like eagles. We begin to soar in the anointing and in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why it's so important to make time to wait upon the Lord regularly. Jesus often did this. He removed himself. He went up the mountain. He was waiting upon the Father. And when he went in, in the wilderness, before beginning his ministry for 40 days, praying and fasting, he went to seek the will of God. And the Bible tells us when he came back from the wilderness, he returned full of the power of God. Full. Remember, he was first baptized in the Spirit at the river. Baptized in water, then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then he went into the wilderness before he began his ministry. He came back full. Luke chapter 4 verse 14 says this. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to eat at the table of the Lord. His agenda. Letting him place at, on his table whatever he desires. Now how do we do this? Simply by making time to spend in the presence of the Lord. Don't always come with a list of requests. Sometimes just come and just wait. I find that very difficult to do. By the way, if you're a busy person, if you're a busy body, task-oriented, you'll find it difficult to just sit there and wait. But we have to do that. We have to ask the Lord, what have you got for me today? I'm listening. You know, most people talk a lot more than they listen, and yet gave, God gave us two ears and only one mouth. So strictly speaking, we should speak half of what we listen. Amen. We should listen at least twice more <laughs> than we speak. But you know what? This is the most difficult thing to do sometimes, especially when our minds are buzzing with thoughts and all kinds of things. But waiting on the Lord, like praying, it's a discipline. It's a discipline. We need to train ourselves to do it the way God wants us to do it. I believe that any Christian who desires God's power to be manifest in his life and through his life needs to separate himself or herself regularly unto the Lord. We need to get away so that we can truly wait upon God, ready to eat at his table, ready to submit to his agenda, ready to listen until he begins to reveal himself to us. I know so many testimonies in my own life as well of people who have made time to wait and our God has come and just ministered in them his anointing and his power. One person who did this for many, many years was uh, uh, evangelist Benny Hinn. When he was only 17, 16 or 17, he began his ministry. How did he do that? Well, he closed himself for seven to eight hours on a daily basis in a room. And he did nothing. He just lay on the floor waiting on God. That went on for seven years. In his testimony, he shares, he says, sometimes nothing happened. Seven, seven hours later, I was still the same as I came in. But he said, one day, suddenly, the power of God and the anointing just came like a flood into him. And it never left him 40 years later. That same power was operating through his ministry. So waiting upon the Lord is very important, church. I know we all lead busy lives. I know that. 
But God doesn't require that you spend seven hours a day with him. Maybe he does one or two of you, but that's not the average. God requires that you make some time for him where you can wait upon him and feast at his table. Amen. Eat at his table. And so the two things we looked at today, which is develop your love for people and eat at his table. In other words, ask the Lord to show you what he wants for you, what he puts on there. As you do that, you will see the anointing, the power of God becoming, beginning to start increasing more and more in and through your life. Amen. So I'm going to leave it here today. I just want to just pray a quick prayer before we, we, we stop this word. I just want to pray. And if that's you and you desire more of a, of a power, more of the anointing of God in your life, I just want you to join your hearts with mine as we seek the Lord on that and as we pray. Lord Jesus, we want more of you, more of your power, more of your spirit, more of your anointing, more of your heart. And so we pray today that these two things we spoke about, loving other people, eating at the table of the Lord, that you, you would give us an understanding and a revelation of these two things in our lives so that we can become more and more effective as believers, as Christians in a world of darkness, that the light that's in us will shine more brightly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Touch us. Give us that revelation in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to pick up next week with the next one, and uh, I'll share more and more with you as time goes. Amen.